We're representing reformed supervillains, smashing fourth walls, and lame season endings. All while trying to appease the super suit fashion designer with a feisty personality. That's right, we're diving into the Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Welcome back, or welcome to the Lasers and Lockets podcast, the podcast that celebrates strong female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment, including television, films, books, and even video games. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host, and this is episode 74. Now, just a little bit of background, you'll probably notice that this episode is going to be just a little bit different than previous episodes. If you haven't noticed, I've been on a bit of a hiatus for the past couple of months, and largely that's because of work, I was super busy. But the other part of it is that I found myself just not really enjoying what I was doing anymore. It felt like watching a TV series was just a slog. It was a chore for me. It was no longer fun. And I found myself not watching any fantasy or sci-fi TV series during that time period. I found myself watching a lot more of the crime drama or procedural type shows like Criminal Minds and NCIS Hawaii and things like that. I also realized that perhaps trying to script an entire episode word for word was also really daunting instead of just writing some bullet points of a script down and going for it, just going for a record and really having some raw and interesting things to say as I recorded the episode. It was just having to do that for myself was just too much. So this episode is not going to be as strictly scripted as previous episodes. And I would love to hear your feedback on whether you feel like it's a better way to go, or if you'd like me to go back to the script thing. It's just, I think that's the thing is you have to find what works best for you and your podcast. And maybe that, that, you know, previous time when I was scripting the episodes worked really well for me at that time but then it just became a chore and you should never feel like something like this passion project of mine is a chore so uh this episode's going to be a bit different and that's a long way of me saying that there's going to be some changes to the podcast in order to make it more fun and engaging and refreshing for me and hopefully for you as the audience as well All right, so let's dive into the meat and potatoes of what's going on tonight. So we are talking about the Disney Plus TV series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Now, just a little bit of background about She-Hulk. I did some research on this, and I really found it super interesting. So She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters, who is also the Incredible Hulk slash Bruce Banner, uh, his cousin, And how she gets her power in the TV series is a little bit different than the way that she gets her power in the comic, but both of it involve, both of it, both of the situations involve getting Bruce's blood. So in the TV series, they went for a little bit less violent of an approach where she gets it through, uh, she has a car accident when she's with Bruce and she gets wounded and ends up with some of Bruce's blood in her bloodstream. Versus in the comic, uh, she gets shot and Bruce gives her a transfusion. So just a little bit different, but still the same way, essentially, that she gets her powers. 
I was also really interested to see that She-Hulk has been around for a long time. She-Hulk was created back in 1980 as the female counterpart to the Hulk. So back in that time period, they were starting to create female uh, counterparts to a lot of the superheroes, and She-Hulk was one of those creations. Now, I have a confession. You may already know this if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, but I am a fan, but not a huge fan of Marvel. I have enjoyed some of the Marvel films, but there are just too many of them now, too many TV series, too many movies, and therefore I find myself having to be super selective about their franchise. Admittedly, my top favorites over the past several years have been things like Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Black Widow, and now She-Hulk. Sure, I enjoy some of the other superheroes, but really just not in the same way that I love these ones. And really, She-Hulk is the series that got me back into watching sci-fi and fantasy television right now. And the thing about She-Hulk I think that I really love about it is how refreshingly charming, funny, and kind of a quote-unquote good-for-her kind of series it is. Unlike the Hulk, I love the fact that Jennifer is capable of handling herself both as She-Hulk and also as herself in and out of the courtroom, but I love the fact that she maintains her personality even when she's hulked out, if you will. And uh, that's different than the Hulk himself. Uh, he It took a long time for him to be able to control himself in the Hulk format. So I really appreciate that about Jennifer, is she's capable of handling herself both in and out of uh, her She-Hulk form as well. Another thing that I really love about this series is how they do the fourth wall breaking in the TV series. And honestly, it's one of my favorite devices that they use in filmmaking uh, to really bring the audience in on the joke or in on what's going on on the show. And I feel like She-Hulk did a really great job with that, really nailed it. And I love when that happens. Now, I think uh, something that's really interesting is that they do that also in the comics. Is Is it called breaking the fourth wall in a comic if the characters in the comic are aware of the audience i don't i don't know if that's still the same thing but in the comics uh she hulk was also aware that she was in a comic and that that was kind of how they engaged the audience that way and i feel like they did such a great job with that in the television series as well i think it's so vital that they chose a good actress to play this character somebody who could easily toe the line between the comedic timing as well as the really real raw heart-wrenching types of moments as well and Tatiana Maslany is absolutely that person for me she is the reason why I was initially excited about She-Hulk as a tv series because she's easily one of my favorite actresses of all time If the name sounds familiar to you, you've probably encountered her in Orphan Black, which we have an episode about a little bit ways back. I will leave a link to that in the social media post when this goes live. But Tatiana Maslany is wonderful 
she is the whirlwind on Orphan Black that's behind all of the Lita clones on the TV series and really is the the star of everything going on there. She's absolute perfection when it comes to comedic timing, but also really good with those nuanced other moments as well. She's versatile, she's powerful, she's funny, and she's relatable, just like she is in She-Hulk 2. I think the series does a really great job of showing how Jennifer becomes more confident and forward in her She-Hulk form. And I really love that about her character. Because not only is she a really strong and multidimensional character just as Jennifer, but she's also a a really powerful character both as She-Hulk too. And she's real and she has good days and bad days as well. And I think one of the things that this show does really well with depicting is how often women are villainized. Is that even a word, villainized? Well, I can make up a word if I want to. (laughs) But women are often villainized when we are assertive or we stand up for ourselves or we get angry about something. Often people will say, oh, she's just being a bitch or, oh, she must be PMSing. And to me, that's always sat really wrong with me. And uh, it's really reductive, honestly. And it shows that there's still a lot of sexism that occurs in the world today. And uh, we will get into that a little bit later. (laughs) But uh, I feel like the show does a really good job of demonstrating that and the, the difficulty that women have in the world still today in many, many places, including America. So I feel like they did a really good job with uh, depicting that, but also doing it in a way that is powerful for younger women to see, including girls uh, and young women as well. And I really appreciated that about the character of Jennifer as well as She-Hulk too. I also appreciated in the series, and and this isn't always the case when it comes to a series that has a female lead, but they introduced some other Marvel Cinematic Universe characters like Bruce or the Hulk or Tim Roth's character, The Abomination, including they also introduced a new Daredevil as far as I know. Uh, But I feel like they did a really good job to not take away from the lead character with those side characters being introduced. Overall, I feel like this show is particularly empowering because it shows a a strong, intelligent, funny woman in a powerful career who doesn't allow crappy men who are intimidated by who she is to destroy her happiness. And she really takes control of her own destiny, which I really appreciate in this series. Now, as I've alluded to a few times, She-Hulk has not been without its controversies, and uh, I wanted to go through some of them here, not because I want to dwell on the negativity of them, but I feel like they open a really interesting conversation that we could be having about how to make comics and cinematic universes like Marvel more inclusive and open and accepting of uh, minorities, of women, of uh, people of color, whoever it may be, really comics should be accessible to everyone and so should cinematic universes like this. So 
I wanted to go through a few of the controversies. Some of them are dumb, I feel, and some of them are definitely real and really uh, interesting to go through. So the first one that I wanted to talk about was it happened at the end of episode three after the credits, and it's the Megan the Stallion twerking with She-Hulk clip. Now, a lot of people felt like that didn't fit in with the typical Marvel uh, cinematic universe type of, of feeling. Other people felt like it was too adult for a She-Hulk sort of thing. But I actually feel like it really well fit with both the comic version and the TV series version of She-Hulk. She-Hulk is widely considered one of the most comedic superheroes in Marvel. And I think that it really demonstrated that. I found it funny. I thought it was quite amusing. And I loved seeing little things like that. Now, that kind of leads me into another one of the silly, but also very valid uh, criticisms or controversies. And that is the CGI in She-Hulk. So the CGI was definitely iffy. And you can't really argue about that. But I feel like it wasn't so bad that you couldn't enjoy the series. I still felt like I was seeing Tatiana Maslany most of the time, but there was definitely some uncanny valley situations going on there from time to time. For a studio that makes massive CGI-driven films, I feel like they could have tried a little bit harder with this character. In my opinion, to, to make She-Hulk awesome too. I mean, the series Sean... Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Uh, anyways, in spite of the CGI, I feel at least, but it definitely was jarring sometimes. And I really hope that season two is a little bit better when it comes to that. The other thing that uh, this whole twerking uh, controversy brought out was about the more adult themes in She-Hulk. Now, some were definitely upset about the that She-Hulk had more mature subject matter than a typical Marvel. However, I think it it's important for us to consider this from a sexism standpoint as well. Many people will often overlook sexual content, violence, and adult themes when a male lead is involved, especially when it comes to superheroes. And when I was reading through some of these controversies and trying to understand both points of view, and there are definitely some, some valid points on both sides, but I think it made me, the thing that it, it made me wonder is if the same people who took their five-year-old child or young child or young teenager to see Deadpool in theaters are the same ones who are decrying She-Hulk for being a mature adult capable of making her own decisions, standing up for herself against misogyny, and having a full, real adult life. Because it just makes me wonder if that is one of the, the things that is making everybody so angry is because it's a female lead in here and not a male lead. And I think we need to take a really hard look at that and a hard look at, are we setting a double standard for women and men in the same type of role? Are we setting a double standard for our children, for our sons versus our daughters or whatever it may be? And I think it's important to kind of look at that because I feel like She-Hulk 
was no more more mature than other ones that I've seen. Uh, Yeah, there were definitely some stronger ratings on some of them because the themes were difficult. Their themes are things that you're going to have conversations with your kids about for sure. Or that you're going to have conversations with your nieces or nephews or nibblings or whoever you may have. But it's, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had about the equality of, of all genders. So that is, is probably the largest controversy there. But also, uh, it's also the MCU and sexism at Marvel Studios, too. Now, while I don't necessarily agree with the publicity stunt that She-Hulk did on social media, because really, social media is already a cesspool, and to have that negativity be driven by you know a publicity stunt for She-Hulk was not my favorite thing. However, it did highlight, as did episode three of She-Hulk and later in other episodes, that sexism is still very much alive in some of the fans of Marvel and also Marvel Studios themselves. While Marvel Studios have made incredible strides over the past few years, I feel like more could still be done to really make this universe and the fandom more equitable and safe for everyone who wants to love superhero entertainment too. It took them, I I did a little bit of research, it took them 10 plus years for them to have a female lead in one of their films, which was Captain Marvel. Uh, And around the same amount of time to have a black lead, which was uh, the Black Panther series. So progress is slower than hoped there, but they are making some strides now. And I just, I really want the, you know, like I mentioned before, I really want comics and these cinematic universes to be a place of safety for everyone who wants to enjoy superhero entertainment. So I have a lot of hope there that they'll continue to get better, but I still would love to see way more uh, female superheroes. Uh, Captain Marvel is great. She-Hulk is great. Ms. Marvel is wonderful. Black Widow, so much fun. But I feel like there's more that could be done. And it makes me wonder if the same people who are upset about these things are the same people who were upset at the end of the Avengers film uh, when uh, Endgame, I believe it was, when all of the female superheroes came together. I loved that part. I was like cheering for it. But also I know that I'm the audience that they were playing to. And there are other people who were upset about that. And uh, I think that we need to take a good hard look at why we were upset about that and how we can make this a safer place for everyone. Really, that's just what it comes down to is making it a safer place for everyone. Now, we, we need more opportunities to bring young women and girls to be able to see themselves represented in these superheroes on TV and in film. And like I said, I I really hope that Marvel will continue to evolve and help the upcoming generation to see that they can be both strong and kind and brave too, that they don't have to be hard and crude and all of that. They can be awesome and can care about people and can really shape the future to be a brighter place than it is right now. Now, initially, I thought that 
uh, She-Hulk was going to be like some of the other series like Ms. Marvel or uh, WandaVision or whatever it may be, where there was only one season. But it appears that they're going to have another season coming for She-Hulk, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes in the future for this series. Will they make the CGI better? Uh, I, I don't know, but I'll be curious to see what happens with that. Is She-Hulk worth a watch? I think so. It was really fun and thought-provoking, and I cannot wait to see where they go with it next. Uh, I'm guessing season two probably won't arrive until later in 2024, probably towards the end of 2024, like they did with this year. But I will be curious and I, I will be excited to watch that in the future. Now, here is a new little segment to the episode, which is going to be the character of the week. So while we just spoke about Jennifer Walters the most, uh, the character of this week is actually going to be Jennifer Walters' plucky and awesome paralegal and bestie, Nikki Ramos. So Nikki is kind of the, the opposite of Jennifer in pretty much every way, where Jennifer was a careful uh, workaholic and she didn't have much of a life outside of jo her job. Nikki is carefree and open to new experiences. Uh, I believe her character is LGBTQ plus as well. And uh, she really helps Jennifer to realize that being She-Hulk doesn't mean that she's still, that she's not herself still. She's still herself and it's about embracing all of who you are, both the good and the potentially scary things, and that you can do good as both, uh, as both types of, of people. And I feel like she does a really great job of showing Jennifer that there's so much more to life than work and you can't forget to live that life because it's just going to keep passing you by. Nikki is funny and she's fierce. And for those reasons, she is absolutely the character of this week. And uh, I think that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. Again, I know it was a little bit different than, a, than previous episodes, but I would love to hear your feedback. Uh, was it an engaging episode was it interesting do you want me to go back to a more scripted episode you can find me over on instagram and twitter at lasers lockets and i'd love to connect with you there you can also find behind the scenes blog posts for each episode with additional insights thoughts some fan vid recommendations maybe and more at our website lasersandlocketspod.com and we'll uh, catch you back here in a couple of weeks until then Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>